Welcome to True Hoop with me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? Warm. <laughs> it's like, what, 80-something in, in Florida right now? It's, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. Everyone thinks it's all fun and games, and <laughs> except for hurricane season, but it is not fun to walk out at 7 o'clock in the morning. My wife walks at, you know, 6-something, right. and it's hot, and like, we've already, come on, it's fucking March. We've had cold Aprils and Mays on occasion. <laughs> this has been the warmest winter, and it's a fucking hot as fuck March. Pollen everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, it sucks. Not fun to be in Florida for lots of reasons. Oh, right yeah, now. yeah. <laughs> the weather on your on your coast uh, right. aside, no. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we have a fucked up place right now. Um, you know, one of the things that you know we pride ourselves on true hoop beers. Not only do we reveal truths about the NBA and the larger sports world, you know, we are very fortunate that we have your insight and your basketball brain. Uh, by the way, we had a tactics come out last week. Make sure you guys check that out. You get inside yeah. the big brain of Coach David Thorpe. <laughs> Beginning of the season, you said, you know, guys, I just think all these teams are kind of like even. There's no one super uber dominant team that's blowing everybody out. Like there's like 10, 12 teams that are that are in the mix. And sure enough, if you look at the standings, everybody's kind of jumbled together in both conferences. And these last 20, 18 to 20 games or so, they all matter for every team, Coach. And last night... We had four national games, two on ABC and two on ESPN, and all four of them mattered for the for the teams. Yeah, I mean, I thank you for saying I'm smart. Um, I'm, I'm not stupid when it comes to basketball. I'm, I'm wrong all the time, though. But it seems pretty obvious to me going when we wrote an article preseason about, you know, this is about as close to the NFL mm-hmm. as it's been in my career covering the NBA since uh, what oh six or oh seven. Um, there's just there's like like you said there's no real super team, there are some really good teams, great teams, mm-hmm. uh, but let I me mean, look at the the Knicks Celtics yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went double overtime, but like New York probably should have won that game in regulation, should've. and and they're on the road, and Boston's healthy and without Jalen Brunson, <laughs> exactly. The Knicks are missing mm-hmm. their best player, so it didn't. I watched I watched it on Synergy today, the last uh, fourth quarter and the overtimes. It wasn't fluky. Let that I went, I'd pick Boston to win that series, but it, it'd be a it'd be a it's gonna be a bear. <laughs> like the, these playoffs, it, it's all rolling into what could very well be the most exciting playoffs uh, we've had yeah. ever. Yeah. Like that, lots of six and seven game series, and each of those games can be not not all of them, but many of them really exciting. So yeah, this is fun. No, it 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 is awesome, and you know we're always here trying to figure out how we can extol the virtues of the NBA to the larger casual fan. And, you know, this is it, right? Like if your regular season doesn't matter. No, no, it matters. Like those, those games are all crucial. Pick a team. I don't care whoever you want to root for. These next 18 to 20, like unless they're tanking, right? Charlotte, Houston, San Antonio, everybody else in Detroit, these games matter, right? And so this is, this is exciting. Last night we had, for the first time in NBA history, 18 people with at least 30 points uh, in the NBA. And, this is something that, you know, we've talked about on the show. The talent across this league right now is so good. You even look at a team like Orlando, who they're probably not going to make the play in. But, they're, I mean, Paolo's good. Like, they're good. That team has got people. They're young. And, you know, as David always says, young kids are stupid. And they, they don't know how to play the game the right way. But yet they're learning. But the talent is very evident, right? It's not like back in the day where, you know, you got these teams. You're like, man, there's, there's no talent on these rosters, right? Like. These are some good, some good players in this league. 
Yeah, I'm an expert in stupid <laughs> and young players. <laughs> I know both really well. And I was dumb myself. And, and I've got, I told you, off air, um, my 21-year-old 20, son was <laughs> lovingly admitting that he has an electric razor and doesn't know how to use it. <laughs> Sweet, we did a good job raising him. Um, I, the, the interesting thing is, uh, of the 18 that had 30 or more, uh, uh, OKC had mm-hmm. one, and it wasn't Shea Gilson. It was not. Mm-hmm. It was rookie mm-hmm. Jalen mm-hmm. Williams from Santa Clara, who we mm-hmm. love. Um, yeah, not only do we have a lot of talent, but as we've been saying all season, also as the season has evolved, uh, the league is getting more tactical. Uh, the Knicks-Celtics game a little bit, notwithstanding a lot of ISO in that game, I watched a lot of the Clippers-Grizzlies second half. And uh, the Clippers ran a lot of stuff and gave up 51 points in the third quarter that we'll get to. <laughs> but, like, they wasn't just throwing the ball to Kawhi and get out of the way right, at all. Right. And as, as someone who watches as much tape as I do, I've been doing it since, you know, 6.30 this morning, there's just a lot of tactics that teams are running. It's still all based on an individual player's talent, and you're building off mm-hmm. that, but they're not just throwing it to them and clearing it out commonly. And so that causes problems for defenses. Where do we orient? What's our main focus? Knowing that we played yesterday, we're playing in two days from now. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get distracted. It's a very challenging time to be an elite defensive player, elite defensive team. And, uh, and even if you are, I just I talked to a team. Um, I talked to a coach the other day, Trot, who's got a great head for defense. Mm-hmm. And his goal was to keep the other team's all-star guard from going crazy. And that guy had 41 points. <laughs> But but they won the game. He didn't. He had very few assists, okay. and they okay. lost. Okay. And my and the coach said, you know, yeah, we try to slow him down. But secondary to that, we want to make sure you didn't get other people off too, and that worked. You got to kind of pick your poison and and build around yeah. it. And they did that. And this is the challenge for NBA teams every night. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, we're gonna to get to this in the when we talk about the Dallas Phoenix game. But you know, defending these elite players that create with the ball in their hand. I mean, it's just hard, man. Like they, and yes, the, the, and the rules slant in their favor anyway, which makes it even harder for you as a defender, right? It's already difficult to guard these guys straight up. Now, if it's, if the offense is slanted in their favor, I mean, my God, which is why you got to appreciate players like Draymond Green, uh, Drew Holiday, right? Like guys who like, you know, they still find a way. Cause it's not about, as you always say, you're not going to shut, the, the guy had 41 points. So you didn't, you didn't shut him down. But he didn't get anybody else involved, right? So you you figured out a way, and like it was something with with, uh, with Drew. All right, guys, go score thirty eight on. But late in the game, I got a poke away steal that right. It's possessions, these little moments, right, that are going to help you win games because you're not going to stop these elite players. They're just way way too difficult and too hard to cover. Well, we uh, and we talk about having short memories. Have you have you watched all the Ted last? Not all of it. Um. Early on, he talks about you got to be a goldfish. You know, you got to just have a short-term memory. We all yeah, there's all sorts of different you know comments about that. Uh, it's something we deal with a lot with young players offensively. If you can't, I told one player who's who's in the NBA, he was a teenager, and he was uh, it was I, I saw him this summer, and he was like basically in tears, missing shots. N- no one was in the gym except for his coaches. Yeah, so he was just really emotional when he'd miss shots in front of the coaches that were watching. And I was just mentoring his, his trainer. And we had to pull him aside and say, like, you have no shot to make the NBA. You can't play professional basketball if you can't handle missing shots. The same thing is, is the case defensively, Gerard. 
if you can't handle Devin Booker scoring in your eye, if you can't handle getting dunked on in the paint in this league, you got to find another profession. <laughs> and, and, and really, it won't be basketball because at every level, you're going to have this kind of stuff to some degree. And, and this is the best league in the world. That's what the money's for, is we think you can handle it. You'll be successful more often than not. That's why we're paying you, but you're not going to be perfect. Everyone gets scored on. The, the narrative, you know, the Jordan narrative, I always laugh about this. You know, all, the, all of his wins. He, he was incredible. Like, you get no argument from me. I, I built my teaching of the game offensively based a lot on what he did. I, I taught permanent, I still teach permanent pivot foot. That was all stuff I sold from MJ. But watch his games. If he, he needed the Knicks to miss those layups and miss all those free throws in game seven and on and on and on. Uh, uh, he got scored on plenty of times, right? He missed plenty of shots. Like, this is, this pro sports, well, I should say sports in general, it's baked into the DNA. Failure is baked in. And so learn from it. Don't attach emotion to it. Uh, when you're trying to guard these great scores, when they're running good stuff for him, get smarter, get better, talk to your teammates. Uh, uh, when we get to the Celtics-Knicks game, there was a great scene. I, I sent this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. With Marcus Smart and Grant Williams, that made me think. Yep. Oh, this team's got the goods. Yeah. When we get to it, yeah. remind me. I'll talk yeah. about Marcus. No Smart. doubt. We'll, yeah. we'll definitely talk about that. Um, let's start with the last game uh, from last Clippers. night, which was yeah. the Grizzlies Clippers. Clippers won that one thirty-five, one twenty-nine. Everyone knows David Thorpe's rule: if you, you're going to win basketball games, if you outscore the opponent by ten and don't out get get outscored by ten or more, in, in one quarter, in one, if you just one quarter yeah. win by ten or more. It's like 90-something percent the last five or six years I've tracked it, or four or five years in the postseason. A little bit different than the regular season, yeah. 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 So, so we had quite the yeah, game last night because Mem- Memphis put up 51 points on the Clippers Re- in the third Hold on, quarter. let's be very clear. I watched it. Ready? 51 minutes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 51 points in the last 11 minutes of the third quarter. Yeah. They didn't score the first yes. minute in 15 seconds. Correct. Un- Correct. 51 points they, in 11 yeah. minutes. <laughs> They, missed they like hit five everything. Shots. Tyler Jones five hitting shots. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything was going in. Every, every shot was going in. And as David often says, yeah, when teams do that, probably you're probably going to lose, right? It's just but shit happens. Right. But, but. <laughs> the, fourth, the fourth quarter comes, and the Clippers outscore the, the Grizzlies 38-17. Yeah. to 17, And they end up winning the game. Oh, man, what a tale of two quarters. What a, I mean, two yeah. halves. Wow. So much to unpack in that game. Let's first start with... Um, what you saw from the Clippers defensively in the third quarter that was like, we can't stop these guys. Well, if you took away their turnovers and some of the transition buckets, it would have been a bad quarter. 51 points is an abomination. Like guys get (laughs) fired for that kind of stuff in theory, right? (laughs) Um, So they didn't help themselves with some of their turnovers and some of the transition points. Memphis, I mean, I'm only guessing they missed five shots. I'm not wrong by a shot or two. Because I, I I really think at one point I was counting it was 17 for 22. And I'm not sure they missed maybe, but one more shot after that. They just couldn't miss. And it wasn't just, first of all, Ja didn't play. Jaron Jackson hits a three. It's a great putback dunk. Bain hits some threes. Tyus mm-hmm. Jones was unbelievable. Al, Sal, Salty? Mm-hmm. Not the Aldama. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, Tillman was like Eurostepping. Yes, and Tillman. <laughs> like he's yeah. some kind of ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> they, they just they they just were on fire, and as Memphis is want to do, I think they kind of lost their edge when they had that kind of success. 
and got their ass kicked in the fourth quarter. And, and on the flip mm-hmm. side, uh, Ty Lue's been around. Pete Paul and Kawhi, those guys, you know, the, the, the Clippers run good stuff. They do. I don't know why their offense sucks so bad too often. Uh, in, the fourth, in the third quarter, their defense was bad, and, but it just made worse by the turnovers. They were better in the fourth quarter. I, I'm not ready to quit on the Clippers, Sherrod. I'm no, not I, ready oh, to quit Oh, I know you're them. not. You, you like them. Well, I'll tell you why I'm not ready to quit on them. I watched the phrase you love to use is disposition to dominate. Paul George had that yeah. from the tip yeah. of that game. Just relentless attack on yeah. both ends of the floor, by the way. Attacking the rim on offense and was engaged defensively. Had a great late strip on Jaron uh, when they're when the Grizzlies were running up a curl play. Instead of following his man, he's like, oh, Jaron's not paying attention. Stop. Strip. Go the other way, right? Like, it was uh, – and, and then Kawhi, you know, the metronome. He's <laughs> just like, okay, shots he's weren't coming. going in the first he's two coming. quarters. We're going to go now. You know, <laughs> right? If you take away all the histrionics and the, some of the uh, crazy things that Gilbert Arenas did, one thing I, I mean, when, when I was at ESPN when he first was really kind of coming in, man, I just love that he was always coming forward, always, always, always relentless. That's Kawhi, just he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, and he defends too. And uh, that combination, they're really getting murdered in the paint, and they were in the third quarter for yeah. sure. Plumley, I thought would help. He hasn't yet. They've been maybe the second worst team in the NBA in paint defense yeah. since they got him. Not great. But um, let's give them time a little bit. But that's got to be fixed. They've got to clean up their paint defense. And, the, and, you know, and look, to be fair, the Grizzlies are also the number one, right, number two sure. paint scoring team yeah. in the league. So it's not like, you know, some team that doesn't score on the paint all of a sudden. Oh, oh, although scoring. they were missing that's, that's Steven Adams. Now, John right. Morant's a big part of that. Right. He didn't play. But Jaron scored right. a lot in the paint. You know, we talked about his offensive game. That part's coming, too. And he's getting the ball and on the move and getting to his left off the bounce. Um, I saw with the rotations, and this is a Grizzlies thing, and we'll get to this, too, later when we talk about some comments Mike Breen made. Taylor Jenkins, the Grizzlies head coach, has these rotations set. And it's the starters, they're resting at the start of the fourth quarter. And they generally don't come in until about the seven or eight minute mark. And in watching games, he doesn't seem to change that. Maybe that's something that changes in the playoffs. But this is a, a large part of why I see them often losing leads in the fourth quarter after a great third quarter. My guess is it's a sports science decision. You know, that would make some sense, right? That the yeah. doctors are saying, yeah. here's what we're doing, and we're sticking with it. Coach around that. I love that, by the way. I love that. You force yourself to play other guys. Let them develop. When you need them, they've now – Tillman has played a bunch. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I really like that. And to answer your point, I think it would change in the postseason, especially after round one, should they make it, where you've got a little – where it's every other night, uh, like clockwork. Mm-hmm. That first round is a little bit different because sometimes they have more rest. But you, you're not playing back-to-backs ever. I could see that being tweaked a right. little bit for sure. And maybe depending on who you yeah. are, like a, a, a skinnier guy like John Morant doesn't carry as much weight can play more mm-hmm. than maybe the Adams yep. and whatever. But um, yeah, I think that we'll, we'll talk about John Morant because that's really yes. going to dictate everything is how they handle well, this yes. whole thing. And so, yes, that is the elephant in the room, so to speak. Uh, we talked about this with Howard yeah. Beck last week. Since yeah. that time, another incident occurred. So the Grizzlies were in Denver on Friday to play the Nuggets number one versus number two matchup. That was actually a good game until probably the two minute mark of the fourth quarter. And then, as you say, Grizzlies are wont to do, drop the rope, and okay, it was over. 
on his IG live. So at some point, I don't know if they were still in Denver or they landed in LA, wherever it was. They were on the road though. Because I think it was went, in Denver, but I might be wrong. Night. But I thought it was still in Denver. But th- yeah, either way, they were on the road on NBA business. Um, John Morant's in a club and you see him um, clearly looking like he was inebriated, waving a pistol um, inside of the club. Now, that is another gun incident. And we've talked about this last week on top of three prior incidents where no one's 100% sure there was a gun, but people thought there was in, the, in those other incidents. This is now fourth time. Where the smoke, the fire, we talked about all this. Since then, the Grizzlies first put out a statement that said he'll be away from the team for at least two games, right? And we talked about that in our chat. Oh, that's MBPA, MBPA uh, language in there. Can't say suspended. Can't do this. Can't do that. Taylor Jenkins, before the game yesterday, said there's no timetable for Jaws' return. Um, Howard brought up the excellent point that the NBA has security guys. And like, I don't mean like your typical mall security. We're talking about people with FBI, police contact, ex-FBI, ex-CIA, ex-police. Like they got every bit of information on everything their players are doing. Same thing with the teams. So this stuff isn't new, right? The team has known what's going on for a while. This stuff is coming out and something had to be done. Um, and David, I know you have experience with young players who you know, need to grow up and mature. And you always say, I, you don't judge young kids by their, they are allowed to grow up and, and mature. One of the things that I believe the NBA is not good at, there is no mechanism in place for going from a zero to a hero, which is basically what John Moran was, right? An unheralded high school player. You play at Murray State? Yeah. Murray State. No one thought you were going to be anything. You become the number two pick in the league. You win rookie of the year, but your third year, you're all NBA. You're an all-star star. I mean, Nike shoot. The, talk about stock market. Like that yeah. thing went like this. It didn't go slow. No, no, no. The meteoric rise. Nobody is equipped to handle going from a relative nothing to, oh my God, I'm one of the most famous people on the planet. And I have riches beyond my wildest dreams that that is just not normal. And people who aren't well-equipped to handle that will struggle. And that's what we're seeing with John Morant, right? I mean, it's a tale as old as time. And it, it doesn't even matter if he came, let's say his parents were both you know, heart surgeons. It's still right. such a new thing, fame, as opposed to success. Mm-hmm. He has both. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many Hollywood actors have had this same problem, right? Um, dozens, right. Look dozens. at the meltdown of the guy at Uber. Like, we could go on and on. Mm-hmm. The gun thing is different. And uh, I, I would tell you this. My first thought when I heard about this latest thing was, remember when the NBA said there wasn't a laser attached to a gun when the Pacers mm-hmm. claimed that there was? Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure I believe the NBA anymore. Right? <laughs> I, you're, you're now, you're, I mean, it, it seems like they're brandishing something for a reason. He, him as well. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. unfortunately for me, uh, I have lots of experience coaching young players from, I have no idea what Jaws, like I have no idea what his dad did for a living. I know nothing. I don't know anything about it. I know he went to a smaller school um, in Murray State, but um, I coached some kids from real crime infested areas, very poor areas. And all my players were so fucking thankful to be basketball players and also some of the football players, except for a pair of brothers I had. This was late 80s, early 90s, the Davis brothers. I think it was Mino and Reno. I forgot Reno's name. But it was Mino and Reno. And my players started telling me, Coach, they had transferred from another school to coach. They're like, these guys are hanging out with guns. And, and 
and I knew these players, one of them was an amazing, would have been an all-American level football player in college, uh, but he also was good basketball. They weren't really buying what I was selling. They weren't really connecting with us. The younger brother was killed first in, in, a, in a murder. He was murdered with a gun. Mm-hmm. His older brother was dead within a year, also shot to death in St. Pete, both in St. Pete. Tragic, tragic stuff. And I've been at games, literally, Gerard, in one game was an overtime game on the road where we were, we were, we were playing this other team in a tournament, but it was there. It was the home team. And some dude, it was cold outside, but it was Ocala, Florida. It wasn't eight degrees. It was probably 50. Right, right. He had a couple really big warm coats on, which isn't such a sh- shock sometimes. And he dropped a pistol right into our team. Oh, we, were, we, were, we were just like, the game went like three overtimes. So we're, and we're playing a very famous team. And our guys are g- gathered around our head coach and we're going through stuff. And you could hear the clunk of metal hitting wood. And my players had seen plenty of guns. And so the only cool thing right. about it is afterwards, they're all debating what exactly what, what gun it was. I didn't fucking have any idea. Right. I had seen a few guns. Our housekeeper used to keep a gun when she took care of us on the weekends, but I never touched one. They had seen guns a lot. And so I just play all this in my mind. And the other thing I'll say is we're all worried about you. Right. Of course. I, I, thought, the, I thought the Grizzlies just spent them for the month of March. I think they were smart to say indefinitely. The, we, don't, two games is a freaking um, it's load <laughs> yeah, management, right? right. right let's yeah, let's right. be serious about this. I always and I've said this before on our show. I I've read books on Chris Farley and and John Belushi, and those were drugs, not guns. But the drugs kill too, and they're both dead, and they'll be dead forever. For we'll never see them again. Uh, I I I know death more than I ever used to because I lost my dad a year ago. Those those guys are never coming back. And none of us want for Ja no. to be on either side of that gun if something happens. Right. Because either way, I, I, as I said on our, on, our, on our talk yesterday, or I texted, or maybe I said it this morning, like, John Morant's going to make half a billion dollars in endorsements in his career. Easy. He is going, Easy. yeah, I didn't even know the sneaker thing you were just telling me earlier. This guy's me selling life insurance or annuities or, like, he is going to be the face of a generation. One of the faces. Like Kobe would have been had he stayed alive. I want him to have that. And I want people to talk to him yeah. about it, you know? Yeah, no, that, that that's that's the big thing. And I think, you know, just from the human the human aspect of this, you know, again, as David said, we we care about Josh yeah. person. Like I don't I don't want guns kill too many people. Like we don't we don't need to be involved in anything remotely associated with something that can wind up causing you or people around you to die. Like that's just unnecessary we don't need that and so it'll be this is and it's not hyperbolic he's at a crossroads this moment right now is a crossroads does he understand what the situation is what is in front of him not just professionally but what he can do in life and what he can do in terms of his platform what he can do for other people communities etc like again the type of of money and fame that is coming his way that's already here but the more that's coming this is generational type stuff. Like the Morant family we're talking about is set for multi-generations, oh, yeah. right? This is a lasting legacy type of thing. And often when you're in your early 20s, you don't think like, right? That's not, your brain doesn't go there, right? Because you're young and you're part of the reason you make the NBA, you're macho, it's machismo, it's this, that, and the third, right? You don't, hey, I'll worry about that later. A gun will quickly make sure there is no later, right? Like real quick. So again, what happens from here going forward will be crucial. 
If he turns, if he turns the corner, if he understands, I've got to be better because he's in charge, David. As the person who is making all the money, you're in charge, my guy. Not your dad, not your mom, not your friends. You are the guy as the breadwinner. It's you. And if they aren't supporting you in this new vision you have of being the best version of yourself, as difficult as it's going to be, they got to go, right? You it, it, Look, LeBron's famous for it, right? That circle's small and tight. What, you're not part of this vision that I have going forward. You can't be here, right? Because I I can't. I can't risk my life. Just got a, I don't know how old she is, young daughter, two, maybe, maybe three, uh, right? Like that's, you don't, you don't want anything going wrong that's going to affect her and your family's future. So this is, again, this is so key for him right now. This is, this is a turning point. Yeah. The other thing I'll add is um, it, it guns invite a whole nother segment of society that you want no part of. <laughs> yeah. You want no None. part of. Um it's, it's way beyond race and age. It's guns are just fucking killers. And people associated with guns are not afraid of that. And it's just, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been in gyms where they've cleared me out because the wrong person walked in. And they didn't care that I was the only white dude in the gym. They were worried about themselves too. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, not it's, a, it's just no place for him to be. There are people out there who do this for real. Exactly right. right. Who, this is what exactly they do. Right. And they... They don't care, right? They have very low regard for their own life, so they have no regard for yours. So again, it's not something you want to play in. So again, I hope that this works out well for him personally. Look, clearly it's going to affect the Grizzlies as a team, right? That's obvious because however long he's away, this is going to hurt them. But David always likes to find silver linings. This means other people have to play minutes now. That means you're going to develop. Now, (laughs) as a Grizzlies fan, I wouldn't want you to be developing in the last 18 games that we head towards the playoffs. But listen, what do you always say? The yeah. storm's coming in the always. NBA, right? Somehow, some fashion. Well, Memphis, it's here. Yeah. Okay? Like, and y'all got to weather Ty, it They somehow. lost the game against Clippers, but Ty Jones had a hell of a game. Like, we know what he can do. He had a hell yeah, of a game. Is, you can learn from it. You hope to turn into a positive, but it remains to be seen. Yeah. We, t- and only time will tell that. All right. Knicks Celtics, two double overtime win. First of all, Knicks, nine games in a row. Heretofore, the hottest team yeah. in the NBA. Took that over from the yeah. Milwaukee Bucks, who who uh, who lost to Philly on Saturday. Man, they that was some physical ball. It was I, I, to your point. We talked about it off air. A lot of ISO down the stretch. I think it was the end of regulation, and I saw it coming. David, they're like, "All right, we're gonna go to Randall again because that play before worked." And I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, it's not gonna work. It's not gonna work." Jalen Brown, kind of yeah, like ducking, waiting, and yeah. turn as as soon as he turned, yeah. whoop, steal. You know, no, no, no possession to, to win the game there. And that's why we often say here, we don't, we know it hero ISO ball. That's not the way to do it. Right. You run stuff, run stuff for your best guys, but run stuff. I am focusing on the Knicks this week. I'm doing, I don't think I've done an article since they drafted RJ Barrett. I don't think I've done a real Knicks expose, but I'm going to focus on him this week. Um, they do. They depend on a lot of isolation stuff. And yet, without Jalen Brunson, quickly was tremendous, right? 38 in 58 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> um, and 55, 55 yeah, come I mean, on. They, they, I'm concerned they, about they, them <laughs> having to play on wheelchairs in the postseason. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of fight. There's a lot of swagger. There's a lot of toughness there. Uh, and um, Boston Boston moved me a little bit. They, they, they lost mm-hmm. the game. They were down seven, a minute yeah. 15 or so to play in, in regulation and tied it 
Um, there was a there was a play in overtime one, I want to say, where um, Grant Williams was trying to force quickly into a screen uh, for the switch, and he got beat. He allowed he allowed uh, quickly to refuse the screen. The defense was not built for that. It quickly got a straight line drive dunk, and Marcus Smart was upset. The Celtics come down the court. Grant Williams runs to the short corner, not short corner, yeah, dunk spot. Marcus Smart gets fouled. The millisecond, the whistle blows. He kind of <laughs> seeks out Grant Williams, who seeks him out, and Marcus Smart grabs him and touches him like the Coneheads used to touch foreheads. That's how they, that's how they showed affection. But Marcus Smart was on him, and Grant Williams like, that's on right. me. That's on me. He knew it. And I thought, okay. Like he's a, from what I understand, he's a pain in the ass, Grant Williams. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like crazy <laughs> smart, Rondo kind of smart, which can cause uh, problems. This is what I've heard. Always. Yep. That but causes problems. <laughs> can't get mad at a guy who says, I fucked up. And I love that Marcus Smart didn't ignore it. That, right. That's a sign that Boston, they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're my favorite. They were before with Milwaukee. It's right there with the Middleton being, you know, just okay and not not great. A little right. more worried about Milwaukee, even though they did win fourteen in a row, whatever. So they lost to Philly, who's still alive too. But the uh, Knicks. Phillies, the, the, yeah. the point is, we started the show talking about parody and everything. I don't even know where the Knicks are going to be in the seedings. Well, they're fifth right now. They're only a game behind right. Cleveland, so, so they could easily right. take. So fourth. my point is this: if they win their first round and Boston holds on to the one seed, let's go. New York, Boston, yeah. round two. <laughs> These they're going to be a, like physical, tough battles. Yes. Boston has the edge in talent, but the Knicks have some cooking for sure. It'll be a great series. They do. Look, you know Tibbs is going to have those guys guarding the hell out of the as they do. Um, I worry about them late because of yep. that isolation, stagnant ball. I'm like, oh well, I think they're going to figure that. And the minutes, like tough combination. I, mean, I think right. his rotation. His rotation in that double overtime game went eight deep. I was like, "What? What are yeah. we doing? Eight yeah. guys? Like, and and two and two of those eight only played like twenty minutes. They so don't like, rest uh, all quickly. All these guys need to be sitting the next game. I, I I just don't trust that they will be. No, they won't be. They won't because they're on a roll right now. And this is this is how Tibbs grinds. Yeah. You know, listen. We know what it is. All right. Um, the early game on Sunday. um, it's on yeah. Sunday on ABC. Mavericks. Was uh, Mavericks and Suns, boy? You know, we we NBA like, rivalries are hard because guys move and whatever, and you have to have a playoff history. Well, these two teams have a playoff history. Phoenix was up two zero against them last year. I forgot Everybody about remembers that. Lucas saying, "Yeah," and, and and at the end of game two, Lucas walking off the court and the mic's picking up. Everybody likes to act tough when they're up. Well, we know what happens after that. <laughs> uh, Suns of uh, Mavericks won in seven, not just winning in seven. Game seven was over yeah. within the first wow. three minutes. Like, like they a just blew them win, out yeah. from from the jump, blew their doors off, and I was like, "Whoa!" So we we, we had quite the game. Um, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker were sensational as usual. Uh, Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving were also very good. Luka didn't shoot well, but got to the line a ton. Um, at the end of the game, Luka doesn't move. Then you know, coach lo- loves to talk about this, where he clearly uses his shoulder. To dislodge Josh Okoji, who's a defender, from his space. They're down to to two the with seconds to go. Yep. Luka goes for his easy bunny at the hoop. Spins halfway down, comes out. Oh, Durant gets the rebound. Else. Devin Booker, talking to the ref, says, that was a foul. Like, why didn't you call it the foul? 
And then Luca gets in his face and say, what did you say? And then, you know, him and Booker have words. Everyone, they had words last year in their postseason. We'll get to that, Luca and, 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 and Devin thing in a minute. But David, that move, this is something you yeah. talk about all the time. If that was, oh, I don't Salty know. Uh, Andrew, oh, or Andrew yeah. Nemhart versus some Marcus established Mark, superstar Holiday, veteran. Yeah. Right. For Offensive sure. foul on the, on the so. young player. And, and, and this is my thing. Look, as I said to start this, the show, it's hard enough yeah. to fucking guard Luca as it is. If you're going to let him do that too, well then, well, what are we doing? Right? Like, I mean, come on. You got to give us some legal way to guard these guys. Well, just switch it. If it was Josh Okoji doing that to Luca, I think they would have called a foul. foul. I think they would have called an offensive Correct. foul. I really do. Correct. Um, Correct. I, I would love for the NBA to show me that the data says that I'm wrong, but I watch a lot of games. And that is the one <laughs> place I, I think our NBA referees are unbelievable. I really do. Unbelievable. They're the best. That is the one place where I want the, the contact to be called or not called, regardless of who's doing it. Uh, but I do think the history of Booker, there's another matchup that we could see in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, that I think would yep. be amazing. Um, I, I don't buy Dallas. I'm not buying their defense. I yeah. buy Phoenix. I do buy Phoenix. Right. How far? I don't know yet. I got to see more of Koji. I got to see more Tory Craig. Yeah, got to watch him. Kevin Durant and Booker are both, you know, they're, they are what they are. Aiden barely scored. He had one. Six, six, 16 board, like eight points. Yeah, he had a late tip in. It was the last, like, bucket he mm-hmm. had. And it had been a long stretch mm-hmm. before he scored. Chris Paul was not great, not good, just okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Booker and Durant and defense probably could be enough until you get to maybe the top couple teams in the West. The Clippers being yep. potentially one. Yep. We know Denver. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I want all, give me all this bad blood. Give me, give me, give me the trauma. And I say that because I, I, I don't care. I'm very clinical watching these right. games. I have to find something smart to write about and talk about, but I want ratings to be good. I want the players to make more money. I want more people to watch. So I'm rooting for drama. Oh, David, did, did where'd you, you go? Me? Oh, here you are. You're back. You're back. You, you, you I want, want the drama. The drama though, yeah. I want there to be, yeah. Yeah, I, I want people to watch so they can, so they can be excited. So I want to, without us getting into fights, I don't want fights. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, anybody's trying to fight. Like this yeah. is, come on, this yeah. is basketball. Nobody's actually trying to fight, but you like the competitiveness and the, and, and the tough physical yeah. play. No, it's, you know, I would say in that game defensively, Phoenix did a good job defending Luca. Like yeah. he wasn't hitting shots. He was missing, but they let him get away with the, you know, offensive extended arm. And it's, he went to the free throw line 19 times so or something crazy. crazy like that. Like, this is if he's missing shots and you let him go to the line. I mean, I got no shot, but I, I liked your point. I think Durant and Booker, we know what they're going to be. What I thought was interesting in that game, um, a Koji was not good. He was th- three of 13 and 0 of 8 from three. Monty took him out and went with Wainwright and Craig instead down the stretch. They made threes. That may yeah. be what it is, right? Whoever's making, because it's clear what everyone's going to do. That fifth person, we're not guarding him. Because that's what they, they didn't guard him. So, like, we're, we're going to let the person shoot shots. Whoever's making the shots is who's going to play. Because you can't leave guys out there who aren't making shots. It, you know, against the better teams, you're going to lose. Yeah, we said this, I think, when, when Howard was on. Like, ultimately, it's what these other guys are going to do. Uh, and there's not a lot of time to figure it out. You know, we're down to less than 20 games. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think, yeah, if we get this, if we get this Suns Mavs matchup again, I think that will, that will be very interesting and very fun. The crowd can get behind it. Look, everybody's like uh, Booker, like, look, t- 
to me, B- Booker's talking to the ref, right? Booker like, did nothing wrong Luka, at all. Nothing. Right. Luca wanting to get involved. And the thing about Luca, I love Luca. You love Luca. Let's also be fair about this. Luca oh, whines every single yeah. play. Every play he's whining at the ref. Tim like, Dunk. Tim Duncan used to and stopped, but he was like 30 right. something when he when he stopped. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, Luca, how many 19 free throws you said? Yeah. He, was, he lived yeah. to the line. And there was nothing. Yeah. I'm like, you're already- he couldn't complain about that. <laughs> he just missed the shot. I thought Booker right. totally did what he should have done. Um, and you can say that, especially after when you've got the rebound, your team going on the line. Luca's mm-hmm. just so sensitive. And, and that's what Luca said in his post game. He's like, Oh, you know, it's just competition, but don't wait to talk until you're up with only three seconds oh, left. I, like, I just, I disagree is- totally. That's exactly <laughs> when you wait until. Uh, uh, some guys, I remember talking to Corey Brew at this. Corey liked to talk some shit now, and but it just fed him because in his Corey, liked it. Corey always played with like he was one of the rare guys that could smile all game but try to slit your throat the whole time. And uh, in college, he was the same way. Unbelievably competitive guy, but he had so much joy. It's one of the best things about Corey. I think, I think he's a great NBA coach one day for the same reason. But um, it didn't bother him. But he could get under the skin of other people. Yeah. Well, if you yeah. can talk and not have it bother you, fine. Both players can. Mm-hmm. It does affect them. Right. So I like the fact that Devin Booker didn't say shit until pretty much the game was won. <laughs> this is, this is, I love it. Petty yeah. wars in the NBA. Yeah. You got to love it. All right. Lakers Warriors. Uh, big win for the Lakers because every yeah. win for them is a big win to trying to make the playoffs. Anthony Davis had a monster game. His last four games, he's been really, really good. And he has to be because no LeBron for at least another two, two and a half weeks or so. Yeah. So Davis has got to be the all NBA two-way tear. David, do you remember there was this month stretch at the beginning of the season where like, uh, is yeah, he the best player in the sure. NBA right now? After their bad start. Yeah. So if he's doing this and you've always said you like the roster, Lonnie Walker, Brown. I mean, they've got... Reeves, no, those guys loaded. can play and they're hitting shots. Gabriel, Jaden McDaniel was a huge pickup. Like gives them athleticism. My problem is I don't understand what Darvin Ham's doing with rotation. Sometimes I'm like, what? Why are you taking out everyone who can score the ball when AD's out? Like this is a bad look. I don't get it. I'm, I'm not speaking about him anymore. <laughs> I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for him. I'm not lying. I, I I want the Lake. The Lakers have a lot of talent. I want as many they competitive do. games as possible, and I want LeBron yeah. to be in the postseason. And right. I'm rooting for Darvin Ham. I just have nothing to say about him anymore. Yeah, that's it, it just wasn't good. Um, what did you see from the Warriors in that game defensively? Well, they had made a pivot, and we just published an article about them today mm-hmm. Yep, where they were really struggling. And Steve Kerr talked about Draymond talked about it. We talked about what they talked about. Mm-hmm. The last five games, to include yesterday, they're number one in the league in defense. The last 10 games are top 10. Last 15 games are top like 12 or 13. They're, they, they, they've done better. Last night was not a, not a good night for them. Uh, they've been kind of relying on some tricks, getting killed in first halves, playing some boxing one, second boxing half one. to try yeah. to mm-hmm. you know, throw it off. I think they care more. I think, I think the message has been received. I just don't think it's enough anymore. I, I, you know, last year they were they started the season like eighteen and one or whatever it was. Yeah, two. Yeah, they were they were on fire. They just they've just been the same team more or less all season. They suck on the road. Right. Um, right. I I just don't think they have enough talent uh, offensively to make up for their for what's going to end up being at best a, a better than average defense at best, capable of being bad. And I just don't think they have enough this year. 
and they didn't address the area we talked about, which was uh, perimeter uh, size inside. Yeah, right? Wiseman's gone. And Anthony Davis killed them. I mean, because they got they had no nothing to do. I mean, he's just scoring over everybody. And what you're talking about here, David, is the margins. Six years ago, right. they had margin of error right. that was real wide. Well, they're older now. Margin of error is, is razor thin now. And we see it. It's what I've been saying for weeks. Everybody's like, oh, but Steph's not here. Look, Steph played most of the season, right? Like, And they were basically a mm, 500 and be a game or two above 500 team. Again, you are what your record says you are. They're middling on offense, about 15th. And they're, as you said, 12th on defense, right? So those are not markers that indicate a team that's going to win four rounds and win the NBA championship, right? It's just not there. Um, so if, if yeah, they, I, if I, I they finish it. the season, so let's say um, from March, the well, let's go February 25th till April 9th, the end of the season, they're mm-hmm. top three in defense. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will be, but if they are, we, we have to respect mm-hmm. their offensive talent with Curry, especially. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's likely to see him finish that strong. And their offense just isn't good enough to not win without a really elite defense like they had last year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going to be a lost year. And I want to be fair about something. They have not had Andrew for Wiggins sure. for a considerable amount of time now. Um, he's away from the team dealing with a, a personal family matter. There's been no update on when he's back or what that situation is. And that matters, right? Because sure. that is their young wing defender who you put on the other team's best wing guy. He's rebounding. His, I mean, he was amazing yeah. in the finals last year. Um, and that hurts them, right? Because this team doesn't have a lot of athleticism and youth on, on right. the wing. Um, something happened during the game, David, that the broadcast was saying, and it drove me crazy. Um, talking about Kevon Looney, one of our favorite players. And they talked about, you know, how he plays every game. And, you know, of course, it's with Van Gundy and Mark Jackson who, you know. So he says, you know, we, we, we talk about sports scientists. And the sports scientists say, you know, we try to play less and rest and do all the different things. Well, he's got a different sports scientist. And he believes in playing every game. And some guys are just built different. And that just drove me up a freaking wall. And it's like, we can't have the league's broadcast partners pumping that message out there that, quote unquote, some guys are built different. This idea that players don't want to play is stupid. You know it because you talk to players all the time. When a player has to sit, it's done kicking and screaming. If they're injured, that's one thing. But when, it, when the sports science guys say they got to sit and rest, you know, David, because you talk to them. And I know because I've talked. It's, it's usually not a friendly conversation, right? Like it's a lot of back and forth. No, I'm playing. Screw that. Whatever. But ultimately, these teams want to protect these players and protect the long-term money, especially those guys they put $250 million into. They don't want them getting these non-contact injuries. And again, this ties into the load management thing. And I just, the conversation around this is bad. And we ha- and again, the league's partners have to stop putting this dribble out there that players don't want to play because it's not true. It's just bad business. Uh, I spoke to, so last night I spoke to a player who's a pivotal player for a team that thinks they can win a championship and he's a little hurt and he's going to be a game time decision today. And I texted him this morning. I said, make sure you call me when you hear today what the doctors say. But I I texted this morning. Uh, he's on a, he's not in the East time zone. So he was still asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, be smart about this uh, because playing one game and risk the rest of the season. It's just bad business. 
No, I, if you sit another game and then your chances of getting hurt go way down going forward, that's the easy play. If you feel great today, play. Of course you play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, Kevon Looney's been injured his whole career. Like, yeah, I, and I understand why he wants to play and all that's great, but it's, it's just stupid. It's just, it's like a parent telling your kid uh, something that potentially could damage them long term just to, for the sake of having pride for today. It makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's I just agree. Sad. And part of it is, look, we need the science isn't clear on it, right? In the sense that there isn't pointing measures that say, okay, if you sit 20 games or whatever you sit for the season, your percentage of injury like number goes to this number, right? I think that's the hard numbers that people want to see. We don't have enough data to support it because of this fight we're having where players don't want to sit and they don't, right? So the, the actual sports science staff doesn't get to put you on a regiment to prove it. But anecdotally, there's a reason why Duncan played till he was 38 years old and they were still a competitive team winning championship. Well, they right? they were like, using sports science when no one else was. When catapult. Correct. I also <laughs> thought about this, and I've not talked to you guys about this. Uh, Henry, I know, would like to talk about it. Dame Lillard missed all of last year. All yeah. of last year. I'm not year. sure he played a game, or maybe more than three or four games. Played play, yeah, play a little, play a little over, bit in the beginning, I think. He's having a career season. Like I, You could it's argue it's coincidence. I'm not arguing that. I'm arguing it's not coincidence. And and so I'm telling you, I've been wondering if LeBron's going to take a year off next year. I've been wondering if he, he's got the record. He's got it. He's, yeah. he, he sees what Dame's doing. I'm just right. wondering if he doesn't take a year off so that he can play a couple years with his son. I'm just you're throwing it out there. I, I, I don't think it's likely he wants to play. Right, but right, I do right. I do think that there's a there's some smoke there that it may make some sense. Um and but to your point, uh I like Mike Preen just fine. I don't think he should be saying stupid shit yeah. like that. And that's just don't say it's not the only dumb thing he said. It, I, I don't <laughs> oh, yeah, like these yeah, narratives yeah. that these these uh announcers dream up because they think it's good for the audience. When he said the Lakers almost lost the game, but didn't. And he said, mm-hmm. well, they would this is the kind of game they would have lost early on. Well, how early are we talking about? They started two and ten, not zero and ten, two and ten. They're twenty nine and twenty four since. Not world beating, but better than average. Above five hundred. Like, yeah. What are you talking about? You, are you telling me they haven't lost a close game in a while? Like no, <laughs> these these they they win some of these games, they lose some of these games. The better teams win most of them. The lesser teams win a little games. less of them. This is the coin flip games. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I don't. We don't need to be dumbed down to just. You, we, we, there's enough storyline anyway to not have to create right. these narratives, which is what they used to do. And I, I like, again, I like my brain just fine. I just tell us the truth. We don't need the, the made up narratives. <laughs> Amen to that. Uh, but again, those four games yesterday were good for the phenomenal. NBA um, and excellent for the NBA guys. Like we can 17, 18 games to go. Pay attention to your team because this stuff matters. Um, and who's going to be seeding? I want to talk about Philly really quick. Uh, do they have a shot to get that two seed? Because I just think whoever of Boston, Philly, Milwaukee gets the three seed, as you know, their road is just tougher to get to the NBA finals because now they got to beat both the teams ahead of them right. if the seedings hold out. As how, opposed to only how many games one of in them. between Milwaukee and Philly? Uh, let me let me two? check right now. I want to say probably two. Let's see. So Milwaukee's at the top. Uh, Boston, a game and a half behind. Philly, uh, 
They're four and a half behind Milwaukee, and they're, so they're only three games behind Boston. Pro, yeah, I didn't realize, God, I didn't realize Milwaukee overtook uh, Boston because of their yeah. winning streak. Um, and Boston's not been mm-hmm. playing as well lately. Um, yeah. I don't think it's likely Philly overtakes them, but uh, I still think they can win the East. Yeah. You still think they can go through both? They can beat I, both again, I don't think it's as likely as that they don't have to play both teams. Right. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. James Harden looks terrific right now. Embiid's unbelievable. He They're does. deep as hell. Um, I don't. I don't think Doc's the best coach, but um, uh, they they're, they're the ones who knocked off Milwaukee. Yeah, they sure they're did. capable of being really good, and they they've got lots of shooting. They really they're really loaded. Maxi's terrific. Um, very good. Yeah, very good. I think that. Uh, I think those top Melton's been a good pickup for oh, them. Oh, for sure. I think those top three teams are better than Denver. I I really do. I, I mean, Denver's very good, I so. but I think those three teams are better. Well, for Denver, we know what it's going to come down to. Defense, we talked about, and Michael Porter Jr., right? Like, is he that reliable third person? Or on some nights, can he be, Number oh, two. you're better than yeah. Jamal Murray and, tonight? And I also yeah. think it's it's not just that, though. Their bench unit worries me. We've talked about it before. I, mm-hmm. I They need to withstand the non-Jokic minutes, and that's not just about the center, uh, Jokic, um, Thomas Bryant. They, Thomas got hurt the other day, and Aaron Gordon played the five and yes. did well. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I want to see Mike play mm-hmm. with his second unit some. He's more like um, Taylor Jenkins. He's kind of a set lineup, but lately he's been playing Murray a little mm-hmm. bit in the second unit. I like that. Um, but I, I, you know, Bruce Brown's good. How good? Let's see. Reggie mm-hmm. Jackson, I'm a little suspicious yeah, of. Yeah. I like the East teams better. The ability of your team to manage the, the minutes when your superstar player's off, right? That's the key for so many playoff teams. And this is why... To, to put a bow on it, you like a team like Phoenix, right? Because you're like, they can always have two guys on the floor that can make stuff work, right? And I think now is the time, even though you're trying to lock in a seed, play with it, right? Can we run a bunch of minutes with just CP and Aiton? I mean, they should, right? Pick and roll. You should be able to be fine with that with shooters. Have a bunch of Booker KD minutes. Same thing in, in Milwaukee, right? Like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton minutes should be fine without Giannis, right? Like the... Who can do it without their number one alpha guy off the floor? That's, that's yeah, and it'll be a cool chess match as to the teams that decide, you know what, let me play my best players when they're resting theirs. See if we can't get a, mm-hmm. a, a run and then defend it when mm-hmm. our on our studs resting and they're playing their guy. That's why I think defense matters so much is we can keep so you from much. scoring and get our guy Kitty rest and not lose a big lead. But in yeah, theory, no, it's in theory, be huge. that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of course, practice is, is something different. Uh, last thing, one of Coach's favorite players, uh, his first professional My client. My first NBA client, mistaken. Yeah. Before first he was in the NBA, uh, I had him. Uh, Udonis Haslam, the word is out. This will be his last season. He's like, they got to get somebody else in he here. Said, to, I'm done. To, to, I'm, yeah. I'm done with this. I mean, he's in his 40s now. It's time yeah. to do something else. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but, um, I won't go into great detail now because we'll save it when he, does, when he actually is done in the playoffs. But um, – I'll, I've told this story probably once before to you. It's one of my all-time favorite stories. And I have a lot. I'll tell you two quick ones. One is Udonis <laughs> really likes to be challenged, very much so. And I, I learned that about him. I knew his coach from high school really well, Frank Martin. I saw Udonis in high school. I knew Billy well. He played at Florida where I went and years before. And so I used to have free throw shooting contests every day after our workouts. We probably had six, seven, eight pros in the gym. Uh, of which uh, uh, he was going to be, he was trying out for the Miami Heat team. He was on the summer league team and he played for the Spurs summer league later that summer. So this was part of the summer leagues. And 
we would do a shooting, a free throw shooting contest. And uh, we played, you ever played golf? You have, you have the game golf and the free throw shooter? Mm-hmm. Yep. So like a yep. swish is a, is an, is a, bo- is a birdie. If you it's make birdie, it, it's yep. par. If it hits the rim mm-hmm. and, a, and if it's a bogey, yep. if you miss, if you hit the rim and miss or just miss yep. period. Mm-hmm. And so, but I used to seed them. So I would have, I'd always make Udonis the last seed. First of all, he was the worst free throw shooter. If you look at his numbers in college, all the other guys right. were better free throw shooters. But, but he, he won a lot. And uh, he got, one day he just got so mad at me. He was 22 years old. He, got, he was a year and played, played in France for a year first. He graduated high school, college at 21. He said to me, Coach Thorpe, man, you seed me last every day. And I keep winning. Like, like what's going on with that? And I want to say, are you fucking that dumb, Udonis? Like, you don't think I know what's going on? <laughs> but what I said was very sweetly. I said, well, you know, Uday, I just think you get sharper when you're pissed. I said in a sweet way. He's like, like he just kind of listened, right? He was very determined. But my favorite story, and I have many, was uh, having lunch with him at a little Greek place in a place called Northwood Plaza, right by where I used to live. It's still there now. And we had worked out first, and the guys were soaking wet. And, you know, there was probably seven, eight of us going to have lunch there. And, and I sat with him at a table for two outside because we were so sweaty. We don't want to sit inside and smell the place up. Right. They were sweaty. And we're just having our little Euros, you know, 12 o'clock on a yeah. June yeah. day. And he looked up at me. We're just, I was sitting right across from him and he said, Coach Thorpe, do you think this can really happen? Can I make it? Because he had not made it the year before. <laughs> and I just wanted yeah. to hug him. I didn't have kids at that point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had two-year-old kids. They were young. This was, this was uh, 03. So my kids were two. I just wanted to hug him. Like he just such a, he was so vulnerable in that moment. Like I'm working, he basically said, I'm working my ass off, but do I have to go back to France? And, uh, and I told him, I, I think we're on a good plan here. We're going to play defense and we're going to rebound to make the league. And then I'll teach you how to shoot to get you paid. Literally exactly what I said to him. It's exactly what we did. So he's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, unbelievable winner. So selfless. So tough. Also, by the way, highest IQ among two or three of anyone I've ever coached. Off the chart basketball IQ. He'd make an amazing head coach. But he's a restaurateur, entrepreneur. He doesn't have to coach. He doesn't want to. He, and he has right. a lot of practice as the assistant coach. Highest right. assistant coach of all time, right? He's been paying, they're paying millions to be an assistant coach for years. Um, I don't know what he's going to do next. I really do think I'm going to try to get down for his last game uh, and see him. Yeah, but I just love that guy so much, man. No, that's, I mean, and this is, this is what you're in the business for, right? You always say we first yeah. coach to inspire, right? That that's, and little you done, well, not little, cause no. he wasn't little, but young, you done Haslam. Coach, you think I, you think this is going to happen? Like, yeah, I mean, he had lost yeah, a bunch of weight in Europe and <laughs> I, I had told him he should keep it off. Other people had said, no, you're too thin. I like said, it didn't work muscular. He was really muscular. He went from 275 to 222 when he first walked to my gym. Not cause I helped him lose weight. He was already down to that. He ended up getting to 230, I think, middle of his rookie season in, in 03. Um, so he just didn't know, like, is this skinny version going to make it? Like, he just, he no way did he ever think 20 years. Like, Randy Fun was a GM. He told us on the day he signed, your boy will never dress for a game as a rookie. He'll never dress. He's on the team. He was, he was only guaranteed 75 grand, I think, to go to camp. He ended yeah. up starting the first 18 games, made the rookie sensation game. I, my wife and I flew to LA for the game. Like what he's done is is a remarkable story. It really is. Yeah. 
these these are the best stories and this is this is why coach Thorpe does what he does if you guys have no idea like when he's talking about how he knows these guys this is these are the relationships he has with these guys like he's in this for real this isn't you know just some fly-by-night kind of thing all right folks um thank you as always for joining us we will see you later on this week take care